There are quite a few things that we associate with Easter here in the UK. And the top two have to be Easter eggs and the Easter bunny. But there are plenty of other things like hot cross buns, which we're going to have the opportunity to sample later on at the end of the service this morning. And we might sometimes wonder why eggs and rabbits and chocolate have become the popular symbols of Easter, when the real story of Easter has nothing at all to do with these things. Of course, it's nice to have a long weekend off work, especially if the weather's good. And just like Christmas, it's an opportunity to see family and friends, to have a special meal together, perhaps, or to offer gifts and cards to one another. But behind all of that is the real reason we have something to celebrate, something that is literally life-changing, something that's worth getting excited about. We know that on Good Friday, just over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross. He was sentenced to death because of blasphemy by the religious authorities, The punishment was carried out by the Romans, the Roman soldiers under instruction from their own leaders. Jesus, however, was completely innocent of any crime or wrongdoing. There were two other men crucified at the same time as Jesus. We don't know their names, but all three of them would have been completely forgotten, I think, had it not been for what happened on the first Easter Sunday. There was no doubt really that Jesus was dead. The Romans were experts in execution and a spear thrust into Jesus' side produced a flow of blood and water. His heart had stopped beating and his blood had already started to separate into its constituent parts. That's what happens when someone dies. It was a horrible death. But on the third day, exactly as he had told his followers, Jesus was resurrected. God raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus' resurrection gives us reason for celebration. And there are things that we make a point of celebrating, aren't there? Special occasions like birthdays, or if someone gets married, or has a baby, or someone passes some exams, or gets a new job, these are all things that we celebrate. We celebrate too when our team wins a match or a competition. We celebrate when good things happen. And I'm sure if we stopped and paused for just a minute, we'd all be able to remember the last time we celebrated something good. Just yesterday, there was a wedding here at church, a big celebration for the family and friends of the couple. And we can see the evidence of what went on with the flowers and other decorations around the building. A wedding is a good thing to celebrate. But the greatest good thing that has ever happened was Jesus' resurrection. And we may not have thought about it like that before. So let me say it again. The greatest good thing that has ever happened was Jesus' resurrection. Imagine someone discovering a cure for cancer. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? 
No more cancer, a real cause for celebration. Well, imagine someone discovering a cure not only for cancer, but for heart disease and for every other kind of disease and illness so that sickness and death become a thing of the past. And then imagine someone finding a way to bring an end to all selfishness and greed and violence of every kind, hatred, bitterness, pride and envy. Just imagine for a moment a world without any of those things. Think of that transformation, that perfection. Well, that is what Jesus has done. That is what Jesus achieved through his death on the cross and by his resurrection. We don't yet see the results, but we can still celebrate knowing that the victory has been won. Jesus conquered death. And as Paul wrote in one of his letters, we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. Imagine a world where sin and death are no more. That's almost as hard as imagining Easter without chocolate eggs. But as I've already said, Jesus' resurrection gives us reason to celebrate. If we believe that Jesus has destroyed death by his own death and resurrection, then we can, we can and we should celebrate Easter. But at the heart of that celebration is something that I think we can easily miss or overlook. But it's something that is absolutely essential if we think about it. And that something is the theme of this passage. It's love. That's the essential part of Easter. We celebrate love in lots of ways, as I've already said. Weddings and anniversaries, babies being born, children being welcomed into families, as well as many other expressions of love that we could think of. But as we read in the Bible, again in one of Paul's letters, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. And the love that God has for us is shown, is demonstrated in the act of Jesus dying on the cross. There has never been a greater demonstration of love. All of us, in so many different ways, and by definition, really, were unlovely. And yet Jesus still chose to die for us. So as Peter writes in one of his letters, it's through Jesus that we believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so our faith and hope are in God. And our Easter celebration is one of giving thanks to God, or to use Peter's own words, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And just saying those words is a way of celebrating what God has done. And all of this is because of love. Easter should be a celebration of God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Easter Sunday is the turning point. And Paul puts it this way in another one of his letters. He says, very personally, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's love that makes all the difference. God's love for us, Jesus' love for us. And sometimes love can be difficult to describe, even though it's something that people sing about, people write about. And Paul's description of love, the one that we've had read to us, is, is often used at weddings. It's very well known. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, what do we do with a description like that? Well, perhaps our first response is to compare, to compare our own performance or our own experience of love with this description. We think perhaps of how we love other people or how other people love us. But I don't think any of us would want to say that we come anywhere near close to, the, to matching this description. But we'd probably all want to say that we aspire to this definition of love. It rings true even if we fall short of it. However, if we take this description as a description of God's love towards us, the perfect love that God demonstrates, the love that God offers us as an undeserved gift, then it seems very true. It seems very fitting, very appropriate, something to be extremely thankful for, something to celebrate. And just taking those last three words, love never fails. And thinking again about Easter and Jesus' death and resurrection. The resurrection can be, can be seen, I think, as a vindication of the unfailing love between Jesus and his Father. The unfailing love between God the Father and his Son, Jesus. Just as Jesus explained to his closest friends on the evening of his arrest, he said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love 
just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus is the example. He's the example we've been given to follow if we want to learn how to love. And there are various things we could focus on at Easter. Eggs, rabbits, chickens, all sorts of things. If you remember this time last year, we were thinking about Jesus being king. But the thing that we've chosen to focus on this year for Easter is love. That's the perspective I want to suggest that we use as a focus for celebrating Easter today. In the weeks ahead, we'll be continuing this theme of learning to love, learning to follow Jesus' example, and listening to his teaching about love so that we can put it into practice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave us. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Love is an intrinsic part of the Easter story. Love is something to celebrate. And love is also a gift. As we read in the passage, it's like the gift of tongues or prophecy or faith or healing, something that's worth having, a gift that's worth having, a gift that's very practical, something that we can grow in. And Paul seems to suggest even that that love is the greatest gift, one that we should eagerly desire, and the one that will remain when other gifts are no longer needed. Love is everything. But love is this gift that God wants us to have. So let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you this morning for your amazing love and for the opportunity to to celebrate your love for us because it's Easter. And please would you give each of us this supernatural gift of love, this love that is patient, that is kind, that doesn't boast, that isn't envious. Lord, please give us your love, fill us with your love, that we might overflow and bless everyone around us with the love that you have poured into our hearts. Lord, we ask for you to do this amazing thing for us. Help us to grow in your love. Lord, help us to grow in our knowledge and understanding of your love. For we ask it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.